1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent
0: Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Egg Today with your host, Ryan Young.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, 11 Canadian ag tech companies and four from the UK have been selected to participate in the Ag Tech Accelerator Program. An agronomist gave a presentation about improving soil quality at a Sask Soils Conference in Saskatoon. And sustainability on the farm was the theme of a presentation given by a USASC instructor at AgriVisions in Lloydminster. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Up first is the Ag Tech Accelerator Program and the 15 ag tech companies that will be participating in it.
0: This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young.
1: Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Fifteen agriculture companies have been selected to participate in the Ag Tech Accelerator Program. Of the 11 Canadian companies selected, two are Saskatchewan-based. Abazine Biosciences and Pathoscan, both from Saskatoon, and f- four are from the UK. Brie Wakadin, Community and Partners Manager for Cultivator, the organization running the program, says the companies selected are a diverse group.
2: We have everything from biotech to animal science, um, software and hardware. So they really do cover a ton of different areas, um, which add a really nice, diverse sort of perspective in the cohort, and they come together. Um, here in March, and they get to meet one another and, you know, use their differences um, to provide a little bit more insight and collaboration in the cohort.
1: This is the third group to participate in the AgTech Accelerator Program, and from March to June, these companies will be will be working to take their brand to the next level.
2: So these companies, the 15, will come to Regina here in March, and they're going to spend an intensive week here where they're going to meet with industry experts, producers, Uh, mentors, service providers, to really help them grow to that next level. So we really focus on the cohort mentality and bringing them all together um, here at the beginning. And so it's a big week. They meet with a ton of people, but um, the hope is that they gain a lot of value, a lot of really great industry insights and contacts, as well as that producer connection.
1: Laura Mock, director of Cultivator, adds when the companies complete the intensive programming, they will be pitching their company at the launch pad at Canada's Farm Show in June.
2: The companies come, they'll continue to build out their business, they'll round out their business ideas, um, and then um, at the end of the program, they will uh, have the opportunity to pitch their their company and their ideas at Demo Day at Canada's Farm Show. And based off of those demos, there are venture capital companies there that um, will look to partner with some of these companies.
1: The UK companies involved are part of a global partnership with Innovate UK and its Global Incubator program. Walkadon it in says it's been a fruitful relationship so far.
2: So I think they've been really impressed with the um, synergies between the Canadian and the UK companies. A lot of the partnerships and collaborations that have come um, after the fact between the companies has been really great to see. We've had our Canadian companies travel actually out to UK. So... Lots of synergies and collaboration there that have been great. Um, a lot of them are really impressed by the producer connections and just the access to the direct access to the ag industry. So, um, a great partnership that we're really looking forward to continuing into cohort three and beyond.
1: Since it launched in 2021, the AgTech Accelerator has helped 32 companies from two previous cohorts raise a collective 107.7 million dollars in private capital. Generated $47 million in revenue and received $32.7 million in public funding. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next, we're going to highlight a presentation made at the Sask Soils Conference in Saskatoon. The theme of it was improving soil quality.
0: We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
1: Welcome back to the program. Improving soil quality in semi-arid conditions for productivity and profitability. That was the topic of Troy LaForge's presentation yesterday at the Sask Soils Conference in Saskatoon. LaForge farms in the Cadillac area, a little more than half an hour south of Swift Current. He says the farm lies on the wrong side of what he calls a correction line.
3: There is literally two inches of rain more here than there is here year in year out. It drives you absolutely nuts. Driving down to the farm from Swift Current, it's pouring at Wymark, and you're thinking, oh, those clouds are thick, we're gonna be getting a good one at the farm. And you get to that line and it shuts off, right? And we all know where those lines are in our own communities, we see that, right?
1: While he can't change the rainfall, LaForge says it is possible to improve moisture filtration into the soil. This can be done by seeding more high-carbon crops, such as corn and durum. His
3: infiltration rates are obviously going to be better in the high-carbon rotation because you don't have as much of that bare ground. Average rotation, wheat canola, durum lentil, wheat canola lentil, wheat lentil canola, wheat canola barley pea, right? They're all doing the 30% cover thing. That's what they're doing. It's no better. It's slightly better than bare soil.
1: Canola is a low carbon crop.
3: Sorry if I offend a canola grower in the room, but canola looks really good for about the first month or so after you've harvested it, you guys, you know, you look and you go, oh, look at the covering, but it just goes away. Like you touch canola straw and it's done, right? Like, I think we need to figure out what the quality of different straws are so we have better long-term soil armor cover on the soil. Okay.
1: LaForge says corn is a good example of a high-carbon crop with root balls remaining three years later in his field.
3: Those roots are channels for water to get into my soil. And again, I'm trying to get every drop I can in there. In a low organic matter soil that's really been beat up for 100 years. In the last 14, we're trying to do something to get that better. So yeah, that's a three-year-old corn root ball, and I think that we've really got some opportunities if we can look at different fibers, different root systems, to really push infiltration rates.
1: Troy LaForge is an agronomist and farmer from Cadillac in southwest Saskatchewan. He spoke at the Sask Soils Conference yesterday about improving soil quality in semi-arid conditions. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next on the show is Ag Review with Doug Faulkner as he'll have today's Ag Headlines.
0: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers and My grain Exchange, Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions.
4: The official opposition says that the current Liberal government's approach to the agriculture industry isn't going to get us where we need to be on the international stage, and farmers are feeling the pinch. As for Bill C-234, the bill that would exempt fuel used for grain drying and heating barns from the carbon tax, John Barlow says the Conservatives aren't likely to waver on the commitment to the original bill that was passed by the elected House of Parliament. Barlow says he could probably live with the Sunset Clause, as his party intends to be in power before that clause ends and would remove the carbon tax completely. However, he says that the feedback he's received from farmers is that the carbon tax is a huge cost to producers and they are united in supporting Bill C-234 without amendments. A modest attempt at correcting higher was met by stiff resistance in the ice futures canola market, with a general downtrend still intact as the futures work to uncover some demand. Canada has exported 3 million metric tons of canola through 27 weeks of the 2023-24 marketing year, well short of the 4.5 million tons exported by the same time the previous year, according to Canadian Grain Commission data. Jamie Wilton of R.J. O'Brien in Winnipeg says that farmers are still holding large amounts of unpriced canola, making them heavily long in the market and looking to sell whenever the futures try to move higher. With newly harvested South American soybean crops starting to weigh on the Chicago soy market, Wilton expects it would take an outside catalyst, such as weather issues somewhere in the world, to break canola out of its downtrend. There's an emerging consensus in Manitoba that soybean acres in the province could soon stabilize at around 1.5 to 1.9 million. A lot depends on the weather and markets, but representatives of the soy and pulse industry believe that nitrogen fixing crops could become 25% of total acres in Manitoba. Manitoba is the largest dry bean producer in Canada, mostly pinto, navy and black beans. The 25% share for soybeans and pulse crops hasn't happened yet because soy acres have been highly volatile over the last seven years. Acres have ranged from 2.3 million in 2017 to 900,000 in 2022 and everywhere in between. Dry growing seasons, novice growers planting varieties that were ill-suited for their farm and disappointing yields pushed acres down from the high point of 2017. The president of the group representing British Columbia cherry growers says this season will be the most challenging in their lifetimes after a cold snap swept over the province last month. In a statement issued by the BC Cherry Association Paul Ball says temperatures dipped as low as minus 31 degrees Celsius on the night of January 12th damaging a large percentage of developing cherry buds. The group says cherry growers are reeling from the deep freeze that threatens to dramatically reduce their crop this year. Ball says the cold snap was especially destructive because temperatures were well above freezing the week before, so cherry trees had no time to develop hardiness and the buds were unable to cope with the sudden temperature drop. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency says that farmers can use some existing supplies of herbicides based on the chemical dicamba, despite a federal court ruling last week that halted sprayings. The decision is a win for farmers who plan to use dicamba products sold by Bayer, BASF and Syngenta on genetically modified soybeans and cotton during the summer growing season and for the agrochemical companies. Environmental activists have objected to dicamba herbicides because they are known to drift away and damage other crops that are not resistant. But farm groups had warned the court ruling if fully enforced by the federal government could financially hurt growers who will plant their next crops in the spring. The groups had said most growers had already determined which seeds and chemicals they will use and may struggle to shift away from dicamba herbicides or crops that tolerate the chemical. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer.
0: It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit MooseJawTruckShop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, last night on Valentine's Day, the wife and I, we were out of town for an event, and on our way back to Regina, we were noticing uh, some snow that was falling while we were driving, and uh, from the forecast, however, it looks like that uh, snow won't continue. In fact, it's going to be quite normal for this time of year.
5: Yeah, that was just a little Valentine's Day snow globe effect for you to enhance your evening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, snow pretty much not an issue today. I've seen reports occasionally across uh, different areas of the province of snow, and I'm I'm guessing what's happening is that uh, we're seeing a little bit of blowing from what has already fallen. There's not uh, anything falling according to radar. Now, just because radar shows no snow doesn't mean it's not snowing. You can get those nuisance type flurries when you get there's a thicker cloud cover and something trying to form. That's technically a flurry. So I've kept a chance at uh, 30% through the afternoon because there will be some of this nuisance type stuff. It will amount to absolutely nothing but could be in the air. The wind has also been down a bit uh, through the morning, anticipating most of the time it's in the 15 to 25 range. Last hour or so, it's come down from that, but likely staying in that 15 to 25 range most of the day. Dropping off a little bit through the night, 10 to 20, and then picking up tomorrow, 20 to 30 kilometers per hour. And temperatures are a little milder, but the higher wind will mean the wind is not uh, feeling any better. It'll still feel like closer to minus 20 tomorrow afternoon, partly cloudy, minus 21 tonight, and tomorrow, minus 9. I'm not sure we drop off much at all Friday night. We'll say minus 12. It's questionable whether we get to minus nine, and then drop back to minus 12, or just slowly worked our way up to minus nine into the evening. Either way, that's our high for the day. Tomorrow will rise later in the night by Saturday morning, likely we'll get up to minus four. And on Saturday, minus one. So the day, a little above normal Saturday. But as you know, it's going to feel more normal because the wind will take any of that warm effect and make it feel like a more normal, even below normal day. 20 to 35 kilometer per hour wind through the day on Saturday. It drops off toward evening. So even though it's a uh, cool night, it's not going to be much of a wind chill that makes it feel colder Saturday night. At least day, when those... Lower minus single numbers right through the weekend, right into Monday as well. Minus 1 Saturday, minus 4 on Sunday, and minus 2 on Monday.
1: Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, minus 7. Normal lows, minus 19. Sun rose in Regina at 8.10 this morning. And the sun will set at around quarter after 6 later today. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia, minus 20. Esteban is at minus 16. Minus 18 in Mooseman and Weyburn, Saskatoon and Swift Current, minus 15, Yorkton and Melville, minus 17. The warm spot in the province is in Loon Lake at minus 9.9, cold spot in Stony Rapids at minus 29.7. In Regina, it's apart the cloudy sky, northwest wind at 14 kilometers an hour, humidity 76%, temperature minus 18 degrees or zero Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 103.4 and rising. In Moose Jaws, some light snow, west northwest wind at 17, the temperatures at minus 18 degrees. Again in Regina, partly cloudy northwest wind at 14, and the temperature minus 18. Back in a moment.
0: Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
1: This portion of Sask Ag today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougallAuction.com. Stuart Smythe from the University of Saskatchewan was one of the speakers at AgriVisions yesterday, where he talked about sustainability on the farm. He says the ag sector doesn't get a lot of credit from policymakers for the amount of carbon that's captured in prairie soil, and he says that's unfortunate because he believes Canadian farms are among the most sustainable in the world.
6: I see a lot of people talking about agriculture is destroying the planet. You know, if we could get away from the the mechanized food production, we'd be back at one with nature, and and we'd have a very holistic. People get tricked into thinking Mother Nature is this kindly, gently, you know, grandmother type of woman that, that goes around and pets you know orphan geese and stuff like that mother nature's cruel she she throws everything at us that she possibly can to defeat us right so that's why we need more innovation on an annual basis to keep up with our production capabilities and so agriculture releases about 10 percent of canada's greenhouse gases that really hasn't changed as a percentage over the last 20 and livestock are about half of that 10 percent. So emissions from livestock are about between four and a half and five percent. And I've seen people, policymakers, and politicians at international events say, "We need to move to lab-produced meat because livestock are destroying the planet." No, they're not. They're actually benefiting the planet, and and so I've got a student right now. We're serving livestock producers in Saskatchewan because in any of the discussions about livestock, they only talk about the enteric emissions. Nobody's done any studying to say, okay, how much carbon sequestered by having those alfalfa fields and those pastures in eight ten-year rotations, right? So you've got that alfalfa field that's locked in and it's sequestering carbon year after year for a decade. Well, how does that balance out the emissions, say, on a per acre basis of how many cattle you might have? Well, nobody's done that calculation. They only look at the emission factor of livestock. Well, that's not a fair discussion because we're we're putting all of this carbon that's been sequestered into these livestock. That's got to be part of the equation.
1: That's Stuart Smythe with the University of Saskatchewan. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The program will return right after this break.
0: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, Small Town, Number Yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Protein is an important building block in a person's diet, whether it be animal-based or plant-based. Registered dietitian Carol Harrison talked about the protein's benefits.
7: A lot of us would probably say, well, for muscles, of course, for growth, growing kids, pregnant women. But they might not realize that protein is actually a major part of every cell. And so what that means practically is that it makes up 50% of our bones, for example. It makes blood and antibodies too, important for you know, staying healthy. And it's a major building block for brain and nerve structures. So those are just some extra ideas for why protein is so incredibly important in our diet.
1: There are many sources of protein available.
7: We've got fish, we've got dairy, we've got beans, we've got nuts and seeds, we've got beef, turkey, poultry. They all come with a whole variety of different kinds of nutrients so eggs are great for choline for brain health fish for omega-3s for heart health beans for fiber to help you know our gut stay healthy beef is a top source of well-absorbed heme iron and iron is needed to make the feel-good hormone serotonin so there's a wide variety they are not all created equal the amount of protein in these foods vary as well so it's really important to try and have a mix i would say of plant and animal-based foods and know that if you're really trying to focus on getting enough protein, the animal foods are typically more rich in protein. So, you would have to eat a few servings of plant-based proteins to get the same amount of protein that you would find in animal foods. Now, that's on average. There's going to be some exceptions. Tofu, for example, is going to have, you know, a fair bit of protein as well.
1: Harrison says daily protein needs will vary at different points of your life, but she provides a typical example.
7: So, for each meal, you want to Aim for about a quarter of your plate coming from protein. That's for optimal use. So you want to spread it out throughout the day. You don't eat all your protein at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Your body is waiting for those amino acids throughout the day. A good ballpark is 25 to 30 grams per meal. You do not need to add up, you know, the grams, but I know sometimes people find that helpful. What's the meal most short for protein? It is breakfast. So I recommend people start there. And for sure, try to include a little bit of protein in your snacks. It's going to help you feel fuller longer.
1: Is it possible to have too much protein in your diet?
7: When we look at the Canadian data, we find that Canadians are eating on the lower end of what's recommended for good health for protein. And I want to add as well that currently the emerging research is showing that the recommended amount of protein is actually probably not even enough for optimal protein living healthy living and healthy aging in particular and so i'm probably going to say here that i think there's a good chance that those protein recommendations are going to be increasing in the future so we're not eating too much protein we're you know on the lower end
1: we'll have more with registered dietitian carol harrison on tomorrow's show coming up next on the program we have the market update and looking at grain prices at viterra as well as the livestock report Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this.
0: Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
1: Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down four dollars and forty cents to five forty one oh two. Number one red spring wheat is down three dollars and three cents to two ninety nine twenty six. The rest were unchanged. Durham four hundred fifteen sixty four. Feed barley two hundred twenty seven fifty eight. Chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four. Flax six hundred six zero four. Lentils seven hundred fifty six fifty. Oats two hundred ninety five thirty two. Yellow peas four hundred nineteen sixty one, and feed wheat two hundred thirty eight forty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up seven and a quarter cents. At six dollars and sixty nine and three quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report.
0: The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842 4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes.
8: Producers Junior for Heartline Livestock York with your market report for the week of February 14th. Nice run on offer at 2520 in the pre-sort, 315 000 bulls for a total 2835. On the feeder cattle, the market was trending steady to higher in a lot of classes. The heifers are climbing weekly. We had a lot of very good cattle here this week, and the market showed it. Here are a few highlights: bucks, bucks steers 580 at 424, 650 at 39350, 790 798 bucks steers at 347. Black gear is 4 at 515, 640s at 387, and the 715 weights at 370. Red X gear is 565 at 426, 640 weights at 387, 720 weights at 367.50. On the heifer trade, buckskin heifers, 525 at 374, 640s at 341, 710s at 318. Five sixty-five weight block steers, 380. 635 weights at three thirty-six and seven weights at three ten. On the red X steers, heifers, five sixty-five at three sixty-six, six thirty-six at three twenty-eight and seven ten weights at three eighteen. On the cow and bull trade, we saw two hundred seventy cows average a dollar thirty-four fifty. On this, set of really good high yielding cows this week. D one is one forty to one fifty, sales to one fifty-four. D two is one twenty-eight to one forty. D three is one ten to one twenty-two. You like shelly cows ninety-nine to a dollar ten. Rats 145 to 230. On the bulls 132 to 164, average 146. Producers, bred cow sale February 23rd, 11 a.m. 200 cows on offer with the 60 head dispersal, semitol cross cows, bred semitol for April 1st calving, plus many other consignments. Also producers, reminder. The pre-sort sale next week, February 21st, is a one-day sort due to the holiday Monday. We'll be receiving eight to four on Tuesday only. Once again, February 21st sale is just a one-day sort. Once again, Junior for HLS Yorkton, thank you and have a great day.
1: The latest pork prices are at $183.82 per CKG. Coming up next on the program is the Resource Report.
0: It's the Saskatchewan Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young.
1: The British economy fell into recession at the end of 2023 as output shrank more than anticipated in the final three months of the year. The Office for National Statistics said today that economic activity, as measured by gross domestic product, declined by 0.3% in the fourth quarter of the year from the previous three-month period. It said all three main sectors, services, industrial production, and construction were down. The quarterly decline followed a 0.1% fall in the previous three-month period. The recession is officially defined as two straight quarters of economic decline. Meantime, Japan's economy is now the world's fourth largest after it contracted in the last quarter of 2023 and it fell behind Germany. The government reported the economy shrank at an annual rate of 0.4% from October to December, though it grew 1.9% for all of 2023. Japan's economy was the second largest until 2010 when it was overtaken by China's. Japan's nominal GDP totaled $4.2 trillion U.S. last year, while Germany's was about $4.4 trillion. Factors in the drop to fourth place are a weak yen, a decline in Japan's population, and lagging productivity and competitiveness. On the markets, the TSX is up 242 points at 21,132. The Dow is up 170 points to 38,595 Oil is up $1.66 at $78.02 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is trading at $74.10 U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more and that's going to do it for Thursday's edition of Sask Egg today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.